Welcome back to the Like a Bigfoot podcast. I'm your host, Chris Ward. And this week, I'm really excited to bring you this week's episode. Um, It's with one of the Iowa Hawkeye football team's graduating seniors, uh, a, a man who's been through quite a journey, all the ups and downs that I have to imagine come with playing Division I football. Um, He was a walk-on, which if you're not super familiar with what that means, he's a person who out of high school did not get a scholarship, but still wanted to play football, play the sport he loved. And so when he got to the university level, he basically tried out for the team non-scholarship. And, you know, that's basically starting from ground zero of a division one football program and we recorded this episode a few a few weeks after his final game in which he scored the game-winning touchdown as a starting fullback um one of the leaders of the team so what a journey that is and that's why i was really excited to to uh, get him on the phone today. His name's Drake Kulik, uh, Iowa Hawkeye football player, fullback. Uh, It's kind of like one of the long lost (laughs) badasses of football positions. Um, There's not a lot of college teams or pro teams that really utilize the fullback. They're basically like a wrecking ball. You line up right in front of a running back and just send him out on missions to just demolish people on defense. So not only do I feel like the fullback position represents the absolute toughness of the sport of football, but I think Drake also represents just a never give up, try your hardest, work your butt off attitude that just encompasses the Iowa Hawkeye football program. As I was thinking, I was thinking all week, how do I want to introduce this podcast? What do I want to talk about in the intro? Um, Because there's just so many things that Iowa football mean to me. I mean, I'm from the state of Iowa originally. In fact, Drake is from my hometown, which is one of the one of the reasons why I really wanted to reach out because I just think it's so cool that someone from your hometown, just to see people who grew up in the same environment that you did accomplish so much. Um, And as an Iowan, we never really had a pro team. Well, we don't have a pro team in the state. And so college football just means so much. And I think most Iowa Hawkeye fans can relate, but I also think people around the country, I think this is more of a general general sports fan mentality, and, and that's kind of what I want to approach in the intro here. And so I started thinking about just what does it mean to be a sports fan? Why is that so important in our nation, in our culture? Is Why is it so important to find this team you can kind of rally around support feel the highs and the lows of every event and of course as i record this intro we're a day out from the minnesota vikings just having this 
just insane ending to their game. And if you haven't seen it, look it up. It's Minnesota Vikings versus New Orleans Saints in the playoffs. And it just ended with this insane play and this insane sports moment where even as someone who doesn't really even watch NFL or support the Vikings, like I could just totally emphasize with how excited people were from that moment. And so it got to me thinking, why are we sports fans? Maybe it's the little moments like that. And those moments come every so often, but the moments that make you just so unbelievably excited to be a fan of this thing you invested your time and your energy in. And so for Hawkeye fans, <laughs> I just want to say as a kid growing up, you know, being at Iowa versus Purdue where Dallas Clark catches the game-winning touchdown at the end and everyone goes crazy. Um, watching on TV, I remember specifically, I, was, I wasn't even dating my wife at the time, but we were watching this game together uh, where uh, Drew Tate throws it up at the end of the game to Warren Holloway and he scores the touchdown to beat LSU with zero seconds on the clock. I that's a moment that I will never forget just as a sports fan, as an Iowa Hawkeye fan, just the insanity of that. Being at the stadium when Iowa beat Penn State, number three Penn State on a field goal at the end of the game. Um, and just the list goes on and on and on. And if you're out there listening, you're like, I don't care about the Iowa Hawkeyes. You don't have to because I guarantee you if you're a sports fan, you have these these moments in your life as well. And just the things that make sports so unbelievably just take your breath away moments. So then I got to think about, well, you know, if you aren't a fan of that team, those moments don't mean as much to you. So if you're listening to all those things, if you're a Hawkeye fan, you're like, oh, hell yeah, Chris, I totally remember those moments. But if you weren't a Hawkeye fan, you'd be like, these don't mean anything to me. So what makes those moments meaningful? And so let's trace this back a little bit further. And I kind of want to trace it back. Like, what's the origin of your sports fandom? And I was listening to a podcast last week, uh, just an excellent Excellent podcast uh, by the director, Kevin Smith. And in his podcast, he basically reads a script he wrote about hockey. It's called Hit Somebody. <laughs> and he's reading the script and he's describing this scene between two of his characters. So one's like an old kind of um, weathered coach slash promoter played by John Goodman. So you can imagine John Goodman. He's going to be the guy telling the story. And the other one's just a young hockey player. And I think I think Kevin Smith completely caught and captured this sentiment and this feeling of, of being a sports fan. So I want to play that for you for a second. Blue Jay shakes it off, telling this story about his dad and nods to Buddy. He goes, when he died, it left a hole in me I wanted to climb inside and never come out of. I'd cry myself to sleep every night. Buddy goes, you'd cry? Blue Jay goes, sure. He was my dad. But then I remembered why my dad was on that roof. He loved his hawks. My old man never picked up a stick in his life, but he loved the game like he played it himself. Heck, like he'd invented it. 
drove us to see the junior B out in the Sioux every season. One time we even went to Maple Leaf Gardens, Leafs and Hawks. Not a great night for the Hawks, let me tell you. I bet you nobody who played in the gardens that night probably even remembers that game. Blue Jay smiles wistfully. But I know I'll never forget it. It's that. It's that moment that a lot of us become a fan. And I know for a lot of us, it's because our dads took us to a game. And I just love that moment so much. I I was listening to it. I was almost tearing up because it could be a game that's so unmeaningful to the teams, unmeaningful to longtime fans, but you get that kid bright-eyed going into a stadium, just amazement at what he's seeing, and just the experience of something greater than himself, and it blows you away. And so as I was thinking about the intro this week and why am I specifically an Iowa Hawkeye fan, I think about um, Iowa versus Minnesota for Tim Dwight's last last game as a Hawk. And it was up in Minnesota. And I remember my dad driving me up there through a snowstorm, walking around outside the stadium in a snowstorm. And I don't know if you remember, but it was inside the Vikings old shitty (laughs) shitty dome stadium and you know I just think it's a game that I personally will absolutely never ever forget because of that experience and it's that experience with your family it's that experience with other fans it's just something that is almost indescribable um you know, and then that compounds. So then there were, you know, probably we we got season tickets for the whole 2002, 2003, 2004 seasons as I was in high school leading up to college. And then I was in college. And, of course, you're going to the games. And then it changes the experience because you're with your friends and it's you're watching your peers. But it's something that you will never forget. And I don't want to put experiences in Drake's mouth because I don't know if he had those experiences as a kid though I have to imagine growing up where we grew up where you're an hour from the University of Iowa that I'm sure he did have some sort of experience like that and to imagine going from that to ending your career with a game-winning touchdown and becoming a leader on the team it just it just doesn't get any better than that So thank you guys for listening this week. Um, Thank you, Drake, for sitting down and chatting with me. Um, I just want to like kind of recommend last year, if you're a Hawkeye fan, last year we also had George Kittle on the podcast as he was preparing for the Combine. Um, It was excellent. He shared some amazing advice that I've used throughout the year, which just kind of is crazy to me. Um, But, yeah, I hope you guys enjoy. Please, if this is your first time listening because you're a Hawkeye fan, that's awesome. Check out the rest of our episodes. We're all about um, kind of just adventure athletes and goal setting and people who have accomplished some really badass stuff. We do all sorts of things from ultra runners to 
long distance hikers, mountain bikers, people who've climbed Everest, people who've gone to the South Pole, um, just all sorts of stuff. I, I'm honestly, I just kind of chase my own whimsies of, man, who would be interesting to talk to, and and that's who I kind of go after. Uh, but like I said, Drake, you're awesome. Thank you so much for doing the podcast, and let's get right into it. This is like a Bigfoot number seventy seven with Iowa Hawkeye fullback Drake Kulik. All right, guys, uh, this week I am really excited, really honored to welcome to the podcast Drake Kulik. Um, Drake is a fullback at the University of Iowa who just finished up his senior year. So, so yeah, man, I just wanted to kind of have you on the podcast and, uh, you know, hear your story, hear about your college career. Um, I know you've been through some ups and downs, so that's definitely something we kind of tend to focus on is how to overcome those obstacles. So, so yeah, man, thank you. Thanks for going on the show. Absolutely. Glad to be here. Yeah, man. So, so I guess, you know, I just kind of wanted to hear just, just the whole journey. So what does it feel like, you know, uh, like day one, when you walk into a division one football program, you're like an 18 year old kid, you know, you're surrounded by all these just gigantic human beings, just bashing each other. What does that feel like? Yeah. Uh, it's definitely, it's an eye opening experience when you first get in there. Um, there's a lot of doubts that enter your mind. Um, if you actually belong there, if you're going to be able to make it and things like that. Um, when I walked in, there was guys like Brandon Sheriff and then the big three linebackers, everybody knows James Morris, Chris Kirksey and uh, Anthony Hitchens. And so like I had guys like that, that I was looking at and watching them play and wondering like, you know, how the heck am I going to be able to get to this point someday? Because these guys are, are so good. They're, they're so smart, everything like that. So there's just a lot of some doubts that go in your head um, when you first get there, but you, it's really just trusting the process and knowing that you're never gonna you're never gonna have the quantum leap. You're never gonna get to where you want to be in one day. So you kind of just have to put your nose to the grindstone and trust in the fact that the, that the coaches are gonna get you prepared and you know the the strength program is gonna get you physically prepared and things like that. You just have to be willing to put in the the whole body of work that it takes. Yeah, man. Yeah. So were you a walk-on or were you a scholarship player? Yes, I walked on. Okay. Yeah, man. So is that like a whole nother just level of like, I don't want to say fear because I'm sure you're not, you're not fearful of it, but it's kind of just this like almost where you're borderline battling self-doubt. Is that just a whole nother level of that? Um, I actually think being a walk-on was good for me. Um, okay. You know, when when you're in a program, guys always talk about walk-on mentality, and it's something that you know everybody should strive to have. It's a uh, it's it's kind of a mentality of I'm not good enough, or, or not not that I'm not good enough. They don't think I'm good enough. Um, nobody really believes in me, but I believe in myself, and so I'm going to prove all these guys wrong. And that that's kind of that's kind of the overarching theme of the walk-on mentality and so you know that's just something that when I went in there I was trying to prove everybody wrong and I was trying to make them like not regret not giving me a scholarship but open their eyes (laughs) and make them realize that they that they shouldn't have overlooked me and uh so that that's just kind of the thing where you don't you don't have to be fearful or you don't have to believe that you don't belong just because you didn't get a scholarship out of high school you just have to have that big chip on your shoulder 
and go in every day and be willing to outwork everybody and, you know, and put in the work to make sure that you prove them wrong. Yeah, man. Yeah. Well, and I have to also imagine just as a freshman in general, it's probably a long year, you know, like it's the year where, you know, you're really putting in the work, but you're not most of most of you guys anyways, aren't just seeing the rewards of playing time or anything like that. How does, how does that kind of wear, wear on, uh, on like a freshman mentality? Yeah. I mean, going into it, I knew I wasn't going to play my first year yeah. you know, for the at Iowa, the majority of freshmen redshirt, you know, there's always a couple guys that can fill spots where the team needs and are, are physically uh, more ready than, than other guys at that point. But I knew I wasn't going to play. So the redshirt year wasn't necessarily as frustrating as the redshirt freshman year was. Okay. Um, because I knew I was going to redshirt. So it was just kind of what I was saying, putting, putting my nose in the grindstone and trying to better myself in every way that I possibly could. Um, to make sure that the following years I didn't have to, you know, sit on the bench again. Yeah, yeah. But then uh, the redshirt freshman year was was frustrating for me because I had put in a lot of work and I had felt that I improved a lot um, and that I had I had enough ability to prove that I deserved a spot on the field um, and I was not able to earn a spot on the field. So I spent uh, a, another year kind of riding the pine and uh watching everybody else play and i wasn't able to contribute so that was really frustrating for me and um i was kind of just wondering what else i really needed to do or what else i could do um to make sure that you know i could i could get on the field so the the first year wasn't as bad but the second year was really uh eye-opening that i definitely needed to make even greater improvements to make sure that I could get on the field. Yeah. What, uh, what kind of, what kind of tweaks did you make? What kind of changes did you make? Cause I remember I had, uh, George on the podcast last year and it was just really interesting, you know, him talking about between his sophomore and junior year and just like the changes that he made to his routine. Like, did you make any of those changes or? No, uh, you know, George and I are a little different. George is like freakishly athletic and he had, he had all the tools that it that it took to be there, you know, basically right away. Um, he just needed to focus on, you know, making sure that he was bigger and stronger and things like that because he, he could definitely contribute right away. And, and for me, um, I had to get a lot better at fundamentals. And I, I had never played fullback before. And, yeah. and when I moved over as a redshirt freshman, um, it was it was a new position and I, d- I didn't have anything down and I was kind of kind of running around like a chicken with my head cut off. Um, <laughs> so it just, it took a lot of reps. It took a lot of repetition and really just kind of running my head into the wall over and over again. And it, it just kind of, the technique be- began to become a little more natural and I started to learn some of the, some of the nuances and things like that. And so, just over time, it, it became easier, but it just took a lot of repetitions. Yeah, I love the running your head against the wall because I, I feel like that's the main responsibility of a fullback, you know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that is definitely one of them. <laughs> um, can you kind of, so you shifted from linebacker to fullback. So, you know, I guess you know, this isn't necessarily like a football podcast. So if people are listening and they're not really 
they don't really understand the difference between positions. I mean, that is a huge difference. You're going from defense to offense. So what's the biggest shift in like linebacker to fullback transition? Well, for me, linebacker was much easier um, because in high school, I was just fairly, uh, I I was kind of natural at finding the ball and uh, it, it came easy to me and, all you have to do is you just have to run fast and get to the ball carrier and make sure you get him to the ground. And as, as a fullback, uh, you, you kind of are a hybrid of an offensive lineman and a running back where you're supposed to be much more athletic than an offensive lineman, but you're, you need to be able to block just as well. And in high school, I spent no time blocking anybody really. <laughs> uh, I was either tackling them or I had the ball in my hands. So I didn't know how, and that was that was the main issue. As you know, from from linebacker, I knew how to run uh, from sideline to sideline and tackle the ball carrier. That was not the issue. Um, the biggest issue for me was playing linebacker as a freshman was trying to defeat the blocks of these college offensive linemen because the the guys I played against in high school they couldn't block me because they weren't very good. Well, when you get to Iowa and go against the offensive linemen that we have had historically you know, they were locking me up and I couldn't figure out how to get off their blocks. So that was my biggest issue uh, as a college linebacker was just getting better with my hands and things like that. But from, from a fullback uh, perspective, I basically had to learn everything from scratch because it, it was something that I'd never done before. Yeah, man. Well, and I have to imagine, you know, it's different. Like a lineman, you're blocking in the first step, you know, like first one or two steps, your hands are into their pads and you're blocking fullback you know the guys are tricky man they're trying to like juke you or get around you as you're coming towards them I I mean I guess that's where the linebacker breaking down and like really you know being able to break down on another player kind of comes into play but yeah man I see how that would be that'd be difficult did you like I mean it's stupid to even ask you like did you like being fullback (laughs) yeah I really do um sometimes being a fullback in practice can be a little bit monotonous because you get tired of hitting your teammates over and over again. Yeah. Um, you know, especially during camp or during spring ball, bowl prep, things like that. You get, you just really get tired of hitting your own teammates because <laughs> the guy I hit the most every day was Bo Bauer. Um, we had a lot of, we spent a lot of time hitting each other and we're roommates and best friends. And so it's like, you, you understand the iron sharpens iron mentality and that you need that. He needs to improve on defeating blocks. I need to improve on blocking. And so you need that, you need that inner squad competitiveness. But just after, after so many times of doing it and after years of doing the same thing, it just gets monotonous. So, you know, being, being a fullback in practice wasn't necessarily all that fun. But when it came to Saturdays, um, you know, aside from, being able to play every snap, uh, there's not a whole there's not a whole lot more fun than you have being a fullback and really trying to assert your dominance on on these other guys. Yeah, yeah. I, I wrote down a couple of notes going into into this, and I was just like, one of the notes just says the lost art of being a badass fullback. You know, because there's honestly, if you look yeah. around, especially college football, there's not a lot of fullbacks. You know, right. And uh, I was just thinking, you know, defensive guys, you get to like run up and bash people, but you're always kind of reactive. You're always looking for where the ball is. But uh, right. but a fullback, you know, before the play starts, you're probably eyeing or kind of like out of the side of your eye, like eyeing the guy you're supposed to block. And you're like, 
oh man, that guy doesn't even know it's coming. <laughs> but uh, well, you know, a lot of the times the guys do know it's coming because <laughs> unfortunately we're not when when we're in the game and uh, I put my hand in the ground. It's not a big secret typically of of what type of play it is, and they they watch their film too. So yeah, it's 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 a whole lot less of an ambush than it is. Uh, <laughs> we're going to line up 11 on 11 and you, you guys know what's going to come and we're just going to move the ball on you regardless. So there wasn't too much sneak attacking done by me throughout <laughs> my career, but um, it was, it was definitely fun. Yeah. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Well, I know, you know, reading a couple articles today um, and, you know, kind of hearing about your story. Um, but uh, I know you, you had an injury last year. Do you kind of want to, get in I kind of want to get into that and then just how you recovered how you handled that because you know it sucks when you're working slowly towards this like huge goal and then all of a sudden something sidelines you for a bit yeah sure I can uh, I can talk about that yeah man so do you just want me to kind of get in on on how the injury happened yeah and like that what or? it was how it okay. happened how you handled it okay so um we were uh, we were playing Nebraska in the in the twelfth game of the year. Um, we had just come off the the Michigan win and the Illinois win, and we were riding quite a bit of momentum into this game. Obviously, it was a it's a rivalry game. We're playing it for a trophy and things like that. Um, so the the juice was very high for our team going into it. And, uh, just happened on the first play of the game. Uh, came across on on a little divide action um, to to seal a defensive end and got him running up the field a little bit. And LaShawn had uh, come, come bursting through the line and shucked the linebacker off. And he just went flying into my left leg that happened to be planted. And uh, he broke it pretty good. It, it uh, pretty well shattered my fibula and dislocated my ankle. Um, so that was, that was an interesting process to put back together for what the doctor's had told me they said it was a it was a bit of a puzzle in there which is never what you want (laughs) but you know it was a very long process getting back um had had more than one surgery on the ankle to to make sure that it was going to be as strong as it possibly could be and um spent a lot of time in the training room spent a lot of time with coach doyle just trying to regain what i had lost and um it was definitely a frustrating process you never you never want to get injured and uh but the but the getting injured part was the part that sucked the least actually you know yeah. it was it was all the time spent trying to get back and some the self doubt if you're going to be able to make it back and uh maybe some of the some of the self self empathy you you just feel bad for yourself and you know the why me mentality and that's where you need great people within the building and your teammates to have your back so that you know that, you know, uh, you're not going through it alone and these guys are going to have your back through thick and thin and they want you to get back as bad as you want to get back. So that's just kind of some of the, some of the things you deal with, um, when you have a pretty significant injury. Yeah. What, uh, what kind of stuff in the weight room were you doing? Like, how do you maintain strength when you, you know, have a completely useless limb? It seems like. Yeah, um, it started off pretty slow. You know, couldn't do anything. I was doing all single leg 
work and making sure that my right leg stayed strong and uh, trying to make sure that I had some some ner- nervous system responses in the left leg so that it didn't really forget everything. Yeah. But there for a while, I didn't uh, didn't do anything on the left leg and spent spent all my time in the weight room working on the right leg and just waiting for the, uh, the left one to heal enough that I could start loading it. Yeah. Dang, man. So when did you like, when did you know you were going to be back and you're going to be at full strength? Um, man, it took, it was probably the end of camp really when I started to really catch stride and get back to feeling like I was the player that, um, that I was before the injury. Um, at the, you know, throughout, I didn't practice in the spring, obviously. Um, the ankle wasn't nearly healthy enough for that yet. And throughout summer training, I definitely had my doubts that I was going to be able to do it. And, um, having my dad as an orthopedic surgeon, um, to be able to talk to about it and things like that was very helpful. And, uh, he helped me through a lot and I really appreciate that out of him. You know, he, he kept me mentally in a straight line um, so that I knew from a medical standpoint that my leg was going to be okay. And it was all, uh, it was all mental now getting over the hump and, and make convincing myself that I was okay and things of that nature. So it it took a while and um, I'm glad the coaches didn't lose faith in me as a player uh, and, and just gave me my time to really get back in the swing of things because it, at the end of the day, it is a business and they have to put the best 11 guys on the field that they can. And so it, uh, it was, it was really nice that they allowed me to progress at kind of my own pace and just, and, and really get the rust off and things like that and relearn, uh, relearn some of the things I would, I had missed over the time. So, yeah, yeah, definitely, man. That's huge. And it's so nice being surrounded by a group of like-minded people, like a team, you know, and that's kind of something, you know, I'm, I'm 30 years old now and it's been a while since I played, uh, any team sports. And that's something that i kind of miss, you know, you, you have that camaraderie, you have that group of people that can bring each other up when you, you know, kind of feel, kind of feel down. But, uh, but at the same time, I'm sure you built that, uh, independent kind of nature in the way to push yourself through it, you know? where you're not going to need anyone to push you along either, which is really cool. Um, What kind of, I always am fascinated talking with, with anybody who plays for Iowa because I just have so much respect for coach Ferentz. And, you know, this is from someone who's met him a couple times, you know, during like a football coaching camp. uh, But uh, because he used to coach high school football, but like so much respect just from everything you hear about him, everything you read about him. What uh, what kind of lessons did you learn just kind of being in this program? Um, you know, Coach Ferentz is a very detail-oriented coach, and I think that is probably the biggest takeaway that I'm going to get out of my time at Iowa is that every single detail matters, um, from the way you prepare to the way you dress to the fundamentals you use on the field. Um, every little thing matters because if you're not doing one thing the proper way, then you're going to allow yourself to slack in other areas and you're just not going to be nearly as good of a player as you could have been if you were to just focus on every detail of your football life. 
And so that's really, that's really something that I'm going to take throughout life with me, whether it's, you know, in football, uh, in the future or in the real world and things like that. It just make sure I focus on all the details of everything that I need to be doing and everything that I want to accomplish because without, without that kind of blueprint, you're, you're not going to be successful. Yeah, man. What about, uh, what about lessons learned from coach Doyle? Oh man, there's too too many. (laughs) Yeah. There's too many to really count with coach Doyle. Um, he's got a lot of sayings. He's got a lot of, he's got a lot of motivational ability within himself. And, um, you know, the biggest, the biggest thing for coach Doyle is he forces you to be the hardest working person that you can be. Like he's, he's the coach that you spend the most time with. And he is probably the coach, maybe besides your position coach who knows each player the best. And so he knows what makes every player tick and he uses those, that information to get the best out of, out of his athletes. So I don't know. I, you know, coach Doyle really, he taught me how to, how to work even harder than I worked in high school. He taught me how important uh, preparation is, how to be tough. You know, he's, he's really a tough coach, but he's a very thoughtful and caring person as well. Um, he's going to give his best to you as long as you give your best to him. So I just, uh, Coach Doyle helped me through a lot, and he he was one of he's one of the main reasons that I was able to be successful in the program. And yeah. um, really, he's just a great motivator, and he he's very good at getting the best out of his players. That's great, man. Well, it's so huge, just the whole you know learning learning to give your best so other people will give you give their best like that's such a huge right. that's such a huge lesson to learn especially as you know through the college years um you know which is which is excellent man what's a what's a couple of highlights you got from your from your time there i know so i got i gotta give you props um <laughs> my my coworker, the i'm a science teacher at a middle school here and the other seventh grade science teacher just happened to have gone to Boston College. And so we had a bet, um, you know, on the game. And so today he had to walk around the whole day wearing an Iowa jersey, which was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you for that, man, because you, you scored the final touchdown there. That had to be huge. Yep. It's a great yep, way to end the career. A very cool way to end the career. <laughs> yeah. But what, uh, what, are some, what are some of the other highlights you got? Well, man, uh, starting in, you know, 2013 and 2014 were, you know, tough years, frustrating years. 2014 for the program was not, was not a great year. Um, we needed to rebuild from there, but starting in 2015, um, that kind of things just really, really were progressing forward for the program. Obviously going 12 and 0, um, the, the, the Pittsburgh win on the, on the final field goal of the game was awesome. Was awesome. Um, being able to be a part of a team that uh, made Iowa history and being the only undefeated team um, going and playing in the Big Ten Championship in the Rose Bowl, uh, even though neither of those games ended the way that we were hoping they would and that, and that we wanted them to, it was still an amazing experience to be able to play in those two games. And then, you know, 20, uh, 2016, being able to be a full-time starter and 
um, we beat Michigan and um, there were some big moments in that year too. And then obviously this year scoring this touchdown and um, beating Ohio state and, you know, there's, there's been some really big games and some, some big moments for this team. Um, even Penn state that night was, was one to remember, even though it ended on a heartbreaker for us. Um, It was still one of those, one of those memories and one of those nights I'll never forget because, you know, there's not too many times you're ever going to be in an atmosphere like that. So I'll, I definitely have some great memories of the, of the time spent in Kinnick and um, some of the times, some of the big games that we played elsewhere. That's awesome, man. Yeah, man. Uh, wow. I can't even imagine just being on the field. You know, like you said, the Penn state, I was watching it from my house in Colorado and the, it seemed like the TV was shaking. I was like, what is going on? This looks insane there, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it was it was pretty nuts. Yeah. What, uh, what, I guess as we're kind of wrapping up here, what kind of skills did you develop just through this journey, through the, you know, college football journey? Well, I, I prided myself on being a hardworking kid in high school. Um, but that is definitely increased, uh, exponentially throughout college. Um, nothing came easy by any means. Um, and you know, just kind of as is the Iowa way you have to, you have to have the mindset that you're going to outwork everybody because we may not have the best talent on paper. Um, but we're, we're certainly going to go out and compete to win every single game. So, uh, definitely I, I learned how to work even harder than, than I knew, I was capable of in high school. Um, and then from there, I, I, I kind of learned that there's going to be ups and downs and, and nothing's ever going to go really the way that you planned, but you have to be able to stay the course and uh, kind of keep your nose to the grindstone, like I said earlier, and, and work for everything that you're trying to accomplish. Yeah, man. What? How are you going to – what what's your plans for the future? What how are you going to carry these those skills skills over? Well, right now uh, I am currently going to be training for uh, the NFL. Nice. I'm gonna gonna give that a shot. Um, I was I hoping to hear that. Combine, That's awesome. Great. If yeah. not, I will be uh, doing the doing pro day at Iowa. Um, so I'm just gonna you know continue to to work hard and try and improve myself in every way that I can. So that when the time comes and maybe I get a call uh, to join an NFL team, I'll be ready for that opportunity. Oh man, that's so cool! Yeah, dude, best of luck for that. Best of luck. What's a uh, what's one kind of like final note? Um, we usually like to end the podcast this way. Just something to to leave the listeners like, what's an actionable step they can take? Just drawing off inspiration from you, like something that they can apply to their own lives. Oh man, I, I think what I would say is never give up. Um, that's something that I have prided myself on. Um, in you know, there's going to be times in life, no matter what you're doing, whether it's sports or whether it's your job or whether it's raising a family, um, that things are going to go wrong and you're going to feel as if you failed or you're going to feel as if you can do no right. Or, um, maybe you feel as if you're just not good enough but never give up on your dreams and never give up on uh, your goals. And, you know, if, if maybe you set a goal too high and you feel as if you failed, 
you didn't, you just got to keep striving to, uh, to attain your goals. And, uh, man, just, just make sure that what, at the end of the day, when you lay your head on the pillow, you know that you have given your best to attain your goals and to, to achieve your dreams. And when life knocks you down, you got to get back up and, and punch back and just never give up. Yeah, man. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you, Drake. Thanks for joining us on the show today and uh, best of luck with everything. Thank you very much. Yeah. Have a good one. Yep. You too. Take care. Bye. That wraps up the show this week. Once again, thank you so much, Drake. You're awesome. I wish you nothing but the absolute best in the rest of your career. Um, we will definitely be be following following your journey here and just cheering you along along the way. Um, as I was thinking about what I talked about in the intro, uh, which I hope which I hope wasn't just random ran- rambling random rambling holy crap uh yeah i hope that that actually had some sort of through line though it was there was a lot of things i really just a lot of feelings i've had lately when i've been thinking about just sports fandom in general um and of course like why am i iowa hawkeye fan because really i'm gonna be honest you know i feel like i only have time and energy to devote fandom towards one sport uh, a year and I usually choose the Iowa Hawkeye football team for that um you know everything else you know I'll I'll kind of know know what's going on in the NFL um I love playoff hockey playoff hockey is awesome but uh but when it comes to like actually being invested in like you know watching every single game in in my opinion for my time it can't be spent better than than college football. Uh, just a just a wonderful wonderful sport, and there's just amazing stories that come out of it. So things that it will inspire you, things that will teach you. Um, you know, just great people uh, that are involved and great student athletes, and I just I love it so very much. Um, one thing I realized as I was thinking about this is. Iowa especially and I'm sure this happens around the country but you know I'm going off my experience here the thing about the Hawkeye sports or even the Cyclones if you're an Iowa State guy the thing is that's really cool is it's kids from your community that play on these teams like if you look through both like all the teams in Iowa you're gonna find kids from people's hometown and even when you're like a 30 30 year old man like I am (laughs) when you hear about a kid from your hometown who's starting for the Iowa Hawkeyes you get excited and that happens all around the state you know you could be from you know I don't know. I'm going to throw out a random Iowa town for all my Iowa folks. You could be from like Clarion, Iowa. And all of a sudden you got somebody who's on the Hawkeyes or somebody who's on the Cyclones. That's from your hometown. You probably know their parents. You probably know their sister. You probably know their cousin. You have some sort of connection to this person. And it's so cool and such a good feeling when that person succeeds. It feels like your community succeeds. 
And that's why I feel, that's a, a reason why I feel that people are so passionate, especially Iowans. Iowans are so passionate about their collegiate sports is because you get those people from your community and it uplifts the community. So anyways, that was just one last thing I wanted to share here. <laughs> um, I really, really hope you guys enjoyed that quote from Kevin Smith's uh, screenplay called Hit Somebody. Um, if, if anything captures why people are into sports more than that quote, send it to me. Because I he read that and I was like, you got it, man. You got the sentiment of why people if you dig deep why are people sports fans at the end of the day it's because most likely your parents or a loved one or your grandpa or somebody who you respected took you to a game and showed you what it's like to actually be in that stadium and the game could have been terrible, like he mentions in the screenplay. The Blackhawks got stomped that day. No one liked, as a Blackhawks fan, no one liked that day. But you got that kid, man. You got that kid in the crowd who's just so stoked to be there. And that's that's beautiful. Uh, yeah, I think that's where we're going to wrap this week. I hope you guys are starting 2018 off with a bang. Um I am at home today recovering because yesterday I had a Monday off of work and I decided that it would be a good idea to try to do a half Ironman because, you know, I was already planning on doing a mile swim and I was already planning on like a double digit run. So I was like, you know what? Why don't I just throw a bike in there? And so as it snowed, like blizzard outside all day, I sat at the workout center on a bike, on a trainer, and rode 58 miles. I jumped in the pool, swam 1.2 miles, and then I met a buddy, uh, Bill Bill from Running the Parks, who's been on the show. He met me uh, at this little park, and through the snow, we ran laps around like a three-mile course until we got to a half marathon, and uh, yeah, and then I came home to a uh, to celebrate by rocking out to Pearl Jam in my kitchen and dancing with my kids. So there you go. Um, so I just kind of want to use that story to tell you, you guys can accomplish anything you put your mind to in 2018. Like work towards it, build up. Yeah, you might not be able to run that half marathon or run that marathon or whatever your goal may be. You might not be able to do a full hour long yoga class the first time. But if you slowly work your way up to it and you're consistent about staying on track with your goals and you put in that Iowa Hawkeye mentality, just hard work, then you'll get there. And eventually one day you'll wake up and be like, you know what? Today's the day where I try to accomplish this goal. Today's the day where I take it on. I step up to the challenge. So yeah, guys, go get them, man. I hope you guys have, honestly, I hope you have the absolute best year that you've ever had in your life. That's what I'm shooting for this year as well. The absolute best year that I've ever had in my whole entire life. So anyways, we'll get back at you next week. And uh, if you enjoyed the show, go back, go on iTunes, uh, subscribe, leave us a review, or just simply check out our catalog. If this is your first time listening and you've made it this far, <laughs> 
Um, I guarantee you're going to find some stuff you like if you go back and listen. I mean, we had this whole episode about a guy doing 10,000 burpees in 24 hours. We had the Iron Cowboys, speaking of, who did 50 Ironmans in 50 straight days in all 50 states. And after doing just a half Ironman yesterday, I was like, I can't. I even went and ran with him for part of it, and I can't wrap my head around what he was able to accomplish. It blows my mind. Um, we have, oh, if you want a different perspective on Hawkeyes, sorry, I'm just like looking through my catalog right now. Uh, if you want a different perspective of the Hawkeyes, uh, number 15, Shane Doughty, and then number 49, Shane Doughty, number two, uh, it was kind of about my buddy's quest to become a college football coach. And he's a division two coach now, but for a while he was a student assistant on the Hawkeyes. Um, really cool. Just once more, it's about consistently putting in the hard work. I feel like that's the theme of the show. Um, and then looking through some more, you know, people who've climbed mountains, 100 mountains, 100 days. Uh, George Kittle's episodes, number 22. Uh, and now he's on the 49ers. He had an amazing game for his last game. I think he had over 100 yards receptions. Uh, awesome. Um, you know, we got a whole bunch of different shows for you to check out. I try to do a wide variety of adventures, adventure sports, different athletes, different mindsets and goals and, and all that fun stuff. So I've been enjoying it, and I hope you guys are too. Um, but, yeah, that wraps up the show this week, and we'll get back at you next week. See you guys.